Have you ever wondered what librarians really do all day? Why does a person choose to become a librarian? Learn the answers to these questions and more on Library Life. My name is Lisa. I'm a youth librarian at the Westerville Public Library. We'll go behind the scenes and talk to librarians to see what they do to make all of that library magic happen. I'm your guide through the looking glass. So close your eyes, open your ears, and listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Library Life. I've got a returning Library Life veteran, Jonathan C., back to talk to us again. We are going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons in general and also with the library's collection. Jonathan, you want to say hello? Yes. Hi. It's good to be back. So I just actually listened to your uh, anime one again. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like listening to all the different podcasts and remembering. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's just dive right in. So let's just start off with what is Dungeons & Dragons? Sure. Dungeons & Dragons is a tabletop role-playing game that allows multiple players to go on fantastical adventures with infinite possibilities and choices, guided by various multiple-sided dice and a dungeon master who helps shape the world you're adventuring in. It was designed by Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax, with its first edition being published in 1974, and it's currently ongoing 5th edition, being published in 2014 by Wizards of the Coast. It's amazing that this game's been around for so long. Can you just describe what is a tabletop game? Dive into that a little bit more. Well, a tabletop role-playing game is basically where people get together with different sided dice and uh, using a system, with D&D being one of them, they roleplay an adventure or a series of adventures that happen that can turn into a long-form story that people come to regularly to c continue and have fun with. Okay. And you said there's dice. Does each player get their own dice? Each player uh, can get their own dice. You only have one set, then the players can share between uh, everyone. You said there's a dungeon master, right? Yes. And what does that person do? The Dungeon Master is basically the one who describes the world that the players are role-playing in, and also makes sure the rules are set and that they are followed, and make sure to add some creativity in and have some fun with the other players. They're like the person guiding the story, correct? Yes. Yep, okay. And why do you like Dungeons & Dragons? I enjoy D&D due to the amazing or hilarious stories that can be told through it, as well as the characters that can come out of these stories, with the game highly encouraging role-playing from the players and giving any aspiring Dungeon Master a platform and system on which they can craft a whole world and story alongside the players' choices. And how long have you been playing? I've probably been playing for about two years or so. And I don't know if you'll have an answer to this, but how many games do you think you've played in two years? Oh gosh, I've played so many games. There have been lots of characters and a lot of worlds that I've been a part of. And I've been recently doing an ongoing adventure with my friends as the Dungeon Master. Very cool. Do you find that difficult to come up with storylines? It can get difficult sometimes because you have to be ready at weekly or bi-weekly basis. Like, you have to come up with the story and see what characters the other players are going to encounter, the storylines they're going to do, as well as anticipate what they're going to choose or do. Though sometimes players can be awfully unpredictable, and sometimes you just have to come up with things on the fly. But it's usually a good idea to set aside, like, four hours to 
write down some stuff of things that will happen next session. I've played Dungeons & Dragons once before. My dungeon master was not very good, mm. so... Yeah. I wouldn't say it, was, it wasn't a bad experience, but it was not something that like I've done really since. But I'm very familiar with the game because I have one, I think it's a pop culture, and I have friends that play it. Yeah, it's it's real important to find a group of people that you can really gel with and that have a storyline that you're interested in. Some dungeon masters are for some people and some other dungeon masters are for other people. Right. And can you give a short explanation of the history of the game, how it's influenced both books and pop culture? Of course. In its stages of creation, it was actually inspired by the Lord of the Rings books by J.R.R. Tolkien, and since then it's inspired many various forms of fantasy-themed media, and was a major target of the Satanic Panic back in the 1980s, with some even claiming the game could summon demons, which is obviously untrue. Really? Yeah, really. It was rather crazy. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, but in terms of pop culture as a whole, it has had a big presence and influence with its appearances in shows like Stranger Things and Community, as well as it's easy to pick up 5th edition, causing a huge increase in popularity for the game, as well as various D&D podcasts and shows where groups of people record or even live stream their games for others to enjoy, such as Critical Role, The Adventure Zone, and Dice Camera Action. Mm-hmm. And I think that book-wise, I remember reading, okay, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like Dragon Lords or Dra- Dragon Something by Tracy West. I can't remember the author, but I can't remember. There's a whole series of books that were written like from the 70s to even, I think she's still writing them, wow. <laughs> that are all, I cannot remember the name of that series, but it's Dragon Something, and it's basically the adventures of the characters that she and her group role-played through Dungeons & Dragons, and she ended up writing stories about them. Oh, man. Yeah, so campaigns of Dungeons & Dragons could legitimately just work as either books or even television shows. Mm-hmm. And how does the library help those who, like you who have an interest in playing Dungeons & Dragons? Well, to really start playing the game, you have to usually get a few books, and you can usually just start with the player's handbook, as it has a good general overview of the rules, which are rather simple to learn and understand, and with these books having various gorgeous illustrations and being rather high quality in terms of their make, they can be rather pricey, with just the player's handbook alone being around $60 on Amazon. Oh, wow. But the library really helps greatly in these aspects as it allows those who know nothing about D&D to pick up these books, read through them, and try out a session or two to play the game without spending anything for just trying it out. Now, does the handbook have character guides? So, like, if you didn't want to create your own character, it would have, like, a base character for you to play with? Yes. It gives you basically a vanilla set of character options for you to try out and play with and other books that are expanded upon besides the major three being the dungeon master's guide the player's handbook and the monster manual give extra options for character creation so if you've done stuff in the player's handbook and you're just like i kind of want to try something different there are other books that have different subclasses for classes listed in the player's handbook there's even some new class outside of the player's handbook called the artificer and there's more options for different races you can play as well. It's really cool. It's a really an outlet to be creative, both in storytelling, but also, you know, if you like playing different characters or you want to be somebody else for a while, it's a way to do that. 
Oh, definitely. It's really healthy game, and it allows you to step into somebody else's shoes for a few moments, whether it be as therapeutic or for, like, an experience to be able to get into somebody else's mindset. And that experience in Dungeons & Dragons can sometimes even help you later in real situations in your life. Yeah, just learning to problem solve and work with people of different walks of life and different ages. That's a very valuable tool. Absolutely. And you kind of already mentioned this a little bit, but what would you recommend to people you know, who are just starting off on playing this game? It's their brand new very first time. They have some interest. They've heard of it. But what is what is step one and two? So step one is to basically get a group of friends that want to try out the game. And there are usually at least four to six players that maybe you want to have for one group. You can go even smaller than that, like to one or two players, but usually four to six is the recommended group. And one person has to be the dungeon master. So that's seven people altogether. And the second thing to do is to get the needed books for it. For a dungeon master, there are two different ways you can play the game, which is homebrew, where you build your own world and story, and building it as you go along with the player's choices, helping to influence the world and the story as a whole. Or you can play through a module book, which has an entire detailed adventure right at your fingertips for you and your friends to play through, with the books needed for a dungeon master being the player's handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guide, and either the Monster Manual for a Homebrewed World, or one of the various module books that have been released. And players should really only need the Player's Handbook, with the players and Dungeon Master being able to share one copy of it, if they really need to. Okay. Uh, I didn't actually realize they were modules, but that makes sense. I've seen, you know, the spines of lots of different Dungeons and Dragons guides and things like that. I've never actually looked inside of them. Oh yeah, I absolutely love these books, and I actually own a few myself, and I can 100% say, like, handling them and just having them physically there, it's like you're handling a magical tome. It's just like, this, just inside these pages, they're just worlds of adventure and characters and stories and monsters that are just right at your fingertips, and it's just amazing. Great. And I think, you know, if you're just trying this out and seeing if it's for you and your group of friends you know, checking these books out at the library is a real benefit because you can see if it's something, you know, that A, you have the time put into with your particular group and without having, you know, to buy, what, a couple hundred dollars worth of books. Oh, yeah. Okay, and anything else you want to share about Dungeons & Dragons or Dungeons & Dragons in the library? Yes, for D&D, as said before, there are many different adventures, settings, characters, and even players that I can accommodate that some people may like and others may not. For example, if you want to go on a moody, dark, and sinister adventure with various stakes, I'd recommend the Curse of Strahd module book, where you travel through cursed lands inhabited by the vampire Strahd von Zerif. <laughs> How about a heist for a hidden cache of gold? Then the City of Waterdeep and the Waterdeep Dragon Heist is calling for able-bodied adventures. What about something more evil? Like striking a deal with the sinister Archon the Cruel to seek the devilish five-headed dragon Tiamat. Then the module Baldur's Gate sent into Avernus may just tempt you into its lair. Mm. Or maybe you just want to go off the walls and have some crazy ridiculous adventure. Polymorph the world's populace into chickens. The indie has all those corners and more covered, so choose which adventure and which groups of friends seems right for you. 
And there's various options for playing D&D online, such as Roll20 and D&D Beyond, since getting together these days is more of a hazard rather than a blessing. Is it like a video thing? Can you see each other? It's basically online simulation of the tabletop, so you can see characters being moved around on a board uh, or on a map. You can roll digital dice to see what results are for choices you make. There's helpful tools for typing out your character's backstories and getting your character sheet all ready to go. And it's basically a note-taking slash simulation of, of the table for people who either don't live close enough to have like an in-person group or for when social interaction is just not really possible. With D&D and D&D Beyond is basically an online digital tool that's where you can buy the books digitally and have their rule sets and character creation assets at your fingertips. Okay, so that's very useful if you, you know, don't mind purchasing items. All right, so it's the end of the episode, which means a book recommendation. What book would you like to share with us today? For young ones who are interested in Dungeons & Dragons, I'd like to recommend the D&D Dungeonology book in the juvenile nonfiction area, with the author being credited under the most fun-to-pronounce pseudonym ever, Volathamp Gedarm. Which- <laughs> which takes you through some of the most famous locations throughout the Forgotten Realms, such as Waterdeep, the Underdark, and the Icewind Dale. Very cool. I didn't even know that existed in the Joel section. Yeah, I stumbled upon it while I was shelving stuff, and I took a peek through it, and it's just got a lot of stuff to interact with. Like, there's pop-outs, maps, there's little notes from the author and such. It's just really hands-on, and it's really, really cool to just interact with, let alone read. Very cool. All right, so check that out, folks. And if you're interested in Dungeons & Dragons, put the books on reserve and start learning how to play. Jonathan, thank you for your time and sharing your passion with us. And I've enjoyed talking with you. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode in the future. Bye. <laughs>